Hello. Hey, Bella. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. Sorry if I echo. It's still getting my office finished. So. Oh, you're fine. Don't mind my, I burnt my face on a curling iron this morning, so. <laughs> so, um, so normally what I do is I have everyone introduce themselves um, and kind of give your background, um, what you've been up to lately. I know with COVID and everything with your season and all that. So kind of just give everyone an update on what's going on. Yeah, so my name's Isabella Seaman. I am a senior on the volleyball team at Elon University. I'm studying broadcast journalism with minor in political science. I started a mental health ambassador group here um, called Hope Happens Here. It's the Elon chapter. There's a bigger overarching chapter um, that got started a while ago. So we have a chapter here at Elon now. Um, I do a lot of anchoring and reporting for our on-campus news organization. And yeah, our season ended up getting postponed to the spring. So hopefully we can still have it in the spring. Um, so yeah, so right now we're just working out. We have less hours each week. So we only have one hour practices four days a week and then lift three times a week. Yeah. So, um, but I know you're a huge advocate for uh, mental health and um, depression, anxiety, everything mm -hmm. and everything that kind of incorporates that. Um, kind of start on how you got involved with that and why it kind of drew you to it. Yeah, absolutely. So I always, since I was super little, struggled with anxiety. Like it was to the point where I wouldn't want to go to school. Um, and I'm very open about it. I tell everyone that. Um, and since coming to college, it kind of escalated my freshman year. Um, and I know, like, I'm very open about it, like I said. So I went, I got help, um, and very, I'm very comfortable with that. But for some reason, um, Elon has seen a lot of suicides in the past couple years. We've had probably one, two, three, at least three. There was, like, possibly five in the past couple years. Um, and most of them were either varsity athletes or club athletes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hmm, this doesn't sound right. Like, you don't hear these numbers anywhere else. So for me being so open about my mental health and knowing that my mental health has to be peak for me to be at my peak on the court, um, I kind of wanted to address that because our athletics department is now really talking about it. We have mental health summits now, and it's a bigger topic. And that's just what I wanted to bring to Elon um, because I saw there was an issue and I wanted to help fix it so um yeah that's kind of my background on what it is and obviously i know myself and like my team a lot of my teammates are really open about it too and um and i love that we have that culture on our team that's like hey if you're struggling mentally like physically or mentally like this is what you do like we're open to talk to you like come to us if you need anything kind of thing so. yeah and i know um I mean, I'm kind of just going through some of the basic stuff I found on like the NCAA website um, and it dates back to like 2007. So even some of the stats there are still high, mm -hmm. especially with COVID and lockdown and everything. Oh, yeah. And everyone kind of being, you know, I'll paraphrase it as we'll say as easy as possible, you know, kind of alone with your thoughts a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and they have their stat for uh, depression and suicide, what their suicide rate was seven to 10% um, in college athletes. Yep. Just alone. And, you know, that's obviously anywhere from JUCO all the way up to D1 and everything mm -hmm. in between, but still 
they said it was an attempt of, I think, three to five every season. Mm-hmm. It was. And I'm sure, you know, there's tons of factors to it. Mm-hmm. You've got, you have your environment, you've got the climate you're in, what kind of person are you, what are you around? I mean, the, in, the list is almost endless in a sentence. Yeah. Um, what, what did you do, uh, especially with your team, to kind of keep that um, level? So basically, like clearly we're seeing a lot right now with coronavirus, people's seasons are got, have gotten canceled. People didn't have a senior year or graduation last year. Um, with my team specifically though, I just started being very, very open about it and being like, hey, like I'm just struggling mentally today. Like I, like I just need a day to like relax because our coach does give us like two off days every off season. Um, so luckily, like one of the days I could just take for a mental health day and like go home for a long weekend if I wanted to. But I think it started being like, our team never really talked about it. And now since, since my freshman year to my senior year, we're very open and there's a big emphasis on um, your mental health and having stable mental health. And um, the thing is, is like our university has been addressing it. So every coach and every person that worked for athletics had to read the book why maddie ran um Mm. and it was about a division one student athlete who committed suicide in her story and we just now that our athletic department is talking about it more i think it makes all the other teams more open to talking about it and when i first started our um, chapter of hope happens here it was i didn't realize like how big of a thing mental health was Mm. until I hit finals week and I had so many of like the other student athletes reaching out to me saying like, Hey, my teammates struggling like badly. What do I do? And it was out like throughout all of finals week and then like COVID and everything. And so we're just making sure here that like everyone knows their resources. Everyone's open to talking about it, having at least one person on each team being like a point person saying, Hey, if you need help and you don't know where to go, like, go to this person or ask your coach or ask your trainer kind of thing. And so now we have signs up everywhere about it, um, which we didn't have before. So that's been awesome. I know in on, on the high school level, I know it's not, I, I know it's available, but it's probably not to the same quality and yeah. the resources aren't exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I know with the one, obviously in the bigger programs you get, you have a lot more resources, mm-hmm. but what do you tell those high school athletes that, feel like, you know, I can't talk to my guidance counselor about this, or I can't talk to my coach about this, you know, how would you have them go about, I guess, answering their questions? Yeah, so it's funny, because in high school, I never really saw a counselor, I probably should have. But like, even with recruiting, super stressful, right? And you're like, I hope someone picks me up, and then like, you might get injured and all this different stuff. So the way I handled it was that I kept dyeing my hair which was really funny. But for high schoolers right now, it's like find someone that you can talk to. So for me, it was my mom. My mom, I just told her everything and how I was feeling. And whether it's your best friend, your dad, just like a teacher you can trust, go to them and say, hey, I'm struggling. Can like, do you know where to help? Or, and they probably know somewhere that you can go and you can reach out and start going to therapy i mean i think honestly me and my teammates always talk about this we're like everyone should go to therapy no matter how good you're feeling how bad you're feeling it will help you and you will feel so much better after um and 
I mean, luckily, like I had my mom who has a background in like mental health and social work. So she was able to be like, okay, this is what you do. But I think it's just finding that trust and whether it's like your best friend or if you don't feel like your parents, like, cause there are some parents that don't think mental health is like real. Um, and it's just finding someone as a mentor or someone that you can trust and talk about it. And you know that they're going to take you seriously. Yeah. And I know, um, when what was it you said about the uh, recruiting aspect of it? Um, I'm, I'm, you know, just when I watched a lot of your team, which was like my memorable time when I was yeah. all of you watching all of you come in and out, and you know, we're in the middle of practice or something, and we're watching it. When you see one of you walk out with a phone, we're like, okay, we know what's happening. And I think it was, I always thought, you know when they come back and you get that reaction, it's okay. And me not knowing a lot about the recruiting process at that time, I was like, okay, I hope they ride that. And I was kind of the same way. I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of mental health things, anxiety, depression, eating, you know, substance, anything like that. It was more just, Hey man, we're in practice. We're having fun. That was really it. We're learning. And the more and more I got like farther and farther in my career and watching and listening to people, I started noticing those things. Yeah. So, um, and I now teach health at a ninth and 10th grade level. Yeah. So it was very, it was, it was funny to see the reactions because I, like we started doing the skeleton and, but like straight up, they started asking nutrition questions and things like that. And, um, I had, I had some people make a joke about eating or something like that. And I just said, all right, look, um, someone in here is gonna have a problem with it. Someone, if it's just one, someone's gonna have a problem. And if you think you have a problem, talk to me, talk to the counselor, talk to one of the directors, talk to the headmaster, talk to somebody, like go get help. Because if you're freaking out about it or if you think it's logical or or illogical, pass it by somebody. Mm -hmm. And you can see how a lot of these kids don't get that. Yeah. They think it's a thing. They're like, oh, well I eat this, this and this you know, and I feel okay, you know, and it is weird to think that it is very mental, you know, you can shape your brain in a way to where you can, you know, turn those locking keys and change that like maze. Yeah, and especially transitioning into college, especially for female athletes, I don't know if you follow Victoria Garrick, but she's someone that like my whole team follows is when you go to college, like your body changes and it changes in ways you never thought you could imagine. So like I was a twig in high school, I could eat whatever I want. And now I come to college and I'm lifting and I have huge thighs. I don't fit in anything. And you're like, holy crap, my fat, did I get that fat? It's like, no, you started training as a division one athlete. You're supposed to look athletic, but there's a process. And luckily I had my two older sisters who went through that already. So they said, Bella, this is going to happen to your body and it's going to be okay. You're not fat. You're just getting stronger. And this is what you need to be for the four years that you were there. Yeah. Go ahead. That was, that was one point I wanted to make for those that, that don't know you. um, Bella here has two older sisters that are division one international caliber athletes playing the same sport, roughly the same position. And that was a big point was there's like kind of, it's kind of like a, a, a dual question to that. Was, was there anxiety behind that? Like following, not so much following, but being like the third person. Oh yeah. And, um, um, 
What was that support system like though, to have them already go through it? Yeah, so my oldest sister played at Rhode Island and she was a right side middle. And then Ange, my sister who played at Pip, was a libero as well. And so they knew exactly what to expect. They're like, this, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna like hate it sometimes, but you're gonna love it sometimes. And there were points where I used to be like, okay, don't, like, I don't wanna hear what you have to say about me playing. But now it's to a point where it's like, okay, my sisters are both badasses on the court and they can help me, let me listen to what they say. So especially now, another thing that happens with students' mental health is when your sport's done, what do you do? It's been your entire life. And now with COVID, it's coming earlier for some people than expected. And so it's, it's funny because they have both, since I've had two concussions and I personally am blessed because I know exactly what I want to do when I'm older. Like I, I know what my dream career is and that's what I'm going for. But some people still aren't completely sure. And like, obviously that's fine, but then they feel like, okay, this part of my life is ending. What do I do? Cause I have no idea what's going on in the rest of my life and everyone's doing all these other stuff and I have no clue. And that's where a lot of the downfall goes is like, holy crap, what do I do with my life now? And sadly, like, it's a transition in your life. But I mean, you'll figure it out. But that's a lot of times um, where we see athletes specifically start doubting themselves and like what they're here on this earth for kind of thing. Um, so luckily, my oldest sister actually started something like that Rhode Island about helping athletes transition from their sport to real life pro wherever you want to go. Um, so it's, they really helped me with that because they're like, follow your dream, do it to the best of your ability. And honestly, I'm lucky because Elon does let you do other things besides volleyball. So I am a part of our news network here um, and I'm very involved in it, but at other universities, you couldn't do that kind of thing. And that's, I mean, that's the main reason why I chose Elon, but that I'm super grateful for because now I feel way more prepared for when volleyball ends. Yeah, and that's where I know I had, I actually had a 13 year old, which this is what shocked me, uh, 12, 13. And she straight up said, I love volleyball. I wanna use it to get my education. I don't want it to make my life. And for me, having only dealt with her that single day for that one hour from first day of training, I sat there and I was kind of blown away. And um, I said, okay, you know, if your mind's already set, you know you have the right attitude, like we can, we can go leaps and bounds. And I think that's the big thing. I think a lot of girls, like you said, they, they, get, they get caught up. They get caught up in that dream. And that dream is great, but it's, it's realistically um, set yourself up for what you need to do, not what you want to do. Um, and I know there's going to be a here and there with what I just said. You know, yeah. you're going to want mean, to do things and you're going to need to do other things. They can mesh, but that necessity needs to come in at some point. You're going to have to take things that you, you have to deal with things you don't want to. And you're going to have to go and do other things outside of those things in order to get what you really want. Okay. And I know with, with the workload you guys have, and I know especially with bigger programs like your Wisconsin's, your Ohio State's and everything. Um, and I know Jen, Jen oh. Olmsted at Ohio State is doing a wonderful job. Miss her. Um, yes. She, um, a lot of them, they balance that, I think, a lot better now. Yeah. 
but there are restrictions on what you're kind of not allowed, but what you physically can do outside of your schedule is so mm-hmm. small. Yeah. So, you know, all of that inner squad stuff that you get to have and that time you get to have is so precious. Oh yeah. And I think the best advice that I have gotten from my sisters and like, this would go for anyone. was like, if you were to get, have a career ending injury at that school, would you be happy? Yeah. And that's what I had in my head the entire time I was getting recruited was if I, well, I almost did have that, but it's like, would I be happy where I am just taking classes and being involved in stuff that I am in the environment that I'm in? And I think that's a big thing, especially when you're trying to decide on a college that you're going to. Um, And another thing that I've seen like through teammates and other athletes and stuff is just like this pressure. So like, I never really felt the pressure to be like, obviously I wanted to be as good as my sisters, but like, everyone's like, Oh, don't you feel the pressure that you have to be like them and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, because we're all different. Like, and I think that's something my mom was always like, are you sure you want to play volleyball? Do you want to go into something else? Like she was always making sure. And I was like, yes, mom, I love volleyball. It's what I'm so passionate about. And the thing is, is though, wait, I just lost what I was saying. Oh, okay. Um, it's like the pressure that some parents put on kids though um it's just like i was just shocked because i always knew that some girls felt pressure from their parents my parents never really like pressured me like you have to play volleyball you have to get a scholarship um but seeing some of the girls in or other athletes now like saying like their parents say like you have to get this many points you have to get 25 points in a basketball game you have to get if you get 12 kills i'll give you like 400 dollars like stuff like that happens and then they're like they feel like if they don't get it they're disappointing their parents it's like no like they shouldn't really be telling you that just go out and have fun and then people put so much pressure on themselves that it hurts their game kind of thing and that's another mental side of like any game is the pressure you feel even if your parents are putting pressure on yourself or you're putting pressure on your own self that's like a big mental part of anything I, i have this talk with um uh, Jennifer Heron, the Clarion University coach, about the the ride home. Oh, that. my God. Like, describe what your ride home, I mean, with everything you've said and everything you've done, and I'm sure you call home on almost a daily basis kind of thing, and, you know, you probably have a group chat with your sisters or your family. You know, I, I see a lot of, we'll say coincidences in a way, almost like uh, a checklist that you have a lot of healthy-minded individuals have. There's a certain stream of communication with with certain people every day. Um, And this can go on actually both sides of the spectrum, if you look at it. You know, they have an eating routine, a sleeping routine, an activity, some kind of stimulation, physical, mental, um, emotional, whatever it is. And they do those things every day. And I think all that changes is the intensity of what they do those every day. Mm-hmm. So what was yours like when it came to that ride home and your daily interactions? So my ride homes, it was like, there was two different ride homes. There was the high school ride home and then there was the club tournament ride home. Um, the high school ride home really was just like, my parents never asked like, or said like, oh, you played like crap today. Oh, you played so well today. And my mom always is joking and is like, 
Bella, why'd you miss that serve? Are you kidding me? Like, come on. <laughs> like, she does things like that where people think she's serious and then they get all nervous. And then I'm like, mom, like, shut up. Like, I know you're joking. Um, she, both my parents just want to make sure that I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can. I'm pushing myself, I'm being a leader. And that's all they could ask for. They're, if I have a bad game, I already know I'm having a bad game. They're not going to tell me I had a bad game because they're going to be like, what, what happened? I'd be like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to do better next time. They'll be like, okay, sounds good. But I'm blessed because some other, from stories I've heard, some girls would be getting yelled at on their ride home yes. saying like, why didn't you do this? Like, why didn't you win that game? Like, why aren't you being a leader? I've had other parents come up to me and tell me that I need to be a better leader. And I was like, maybe you should talk to your daughter and not me. Yeah. Okay. And then my coach was like, get out of my gym right now. You never talk to a player like that. And I was just like standing there like, oh, Lordy B. Um, so yeah, I was really blessed with like having my sisters be there. And like, obviously in college, it's different because I can't like, unless my parents are there, I can't like jump on the phone and talk to them on the bus. So like, they'll just be texting me or my sisters be like, hey, like if I had a rough game, like Angel text me and be like, hey, maybe you just like weren't holding your platform or like you made things too difficult on yourself. Like you were just thinking about it too much. And I'll be like, yes, I know. Like, I got it. Thank you. But I never was the person to get yelled at. And like, <laughs> I remember one time at a tournament, I missed my serve and my mom was like, she said something about how there will be punishments later because I missed my serve. And there was a college coach behind. Yeah, it was a college coach behind her. And he was like, I, who recruited one of my sisters. So they knew each other from before. And he was like, I love how hard you are on them. Like, this is why you have all division one volleyball players. And my mom's like, I'm joking. But okay. <laughs> so it, it's just funny to see like, and like, it's so funny to look, like look at my old teammates or my current teammates or anyone that I've been around and like meet their parents because a lot of times how their parents are is how like you can really figure out a lot about a player by like how their parents treat them on and off like when they're on the court when they're off the court how they cheer like especially because I've had three concussions while being at Elon so I got have a lot of time just watching yeah. on the bench so looking and observing and maybe it's just the journalist in me I don't know but it's just like, I, it tells you a lot. And, I think you know, it's just like it's, the like, coach and athlete in you. Like, I think it's just the athlete in you. You see it. Yeah. You see it. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard. People make, people make certain things out to be so difficult, but I think it's really easy to pick apart how people are just by how they say things and how they do certain things. I mean, you can read a situation without any words. And a lot of people, I've had athletes look at me and say, how do you know what's going on? And I said, because I've either been involved in it or I've been a bystander mm -hmm. and I've watched it happen. I said, so it's totally one of those things. Like when I have now, now when I have parent meetings, which is still weird to think about, um, it's always about, Hey, you're, you're a cheerleader and we're going to leave it at that. And I like, you know what? I'm going to screw up. Your kid's going to screw up. Please let them do it. I'm going to try and do it less and less every time, yeah. but it, let them deal with their problems, talk to them, but l let them handle the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like when, especially when I was recruiting, my mom and dad would never get involved in it. They would be like, hey, do you send your emails? Okay, who'd you get back to? Who do you have a call with? 
okay, this is how maybe ask this question, maybe ask that question. But I like they never were involved in it. And it's interesting to see like when other people are on visits, it's like, how much does the parent talk for them? Okay, mm -hmm. how much do they talk for themselves? Okay, are they asking questions? or Are their parents asking questions? Um, but yeah, it's just a like, being an athlete, there's just so many different dimensions. And like, I think all of a sudden now we're talking about like the mental health aspect. And I think it's one of the biggest aspects that we need to talk about. Because I mean, like I said, you get pressure from yourself, you get pressure sometimes from your parents or and also you can tell like how a person's been coached before. Because like, I can tell you I've been put on the line so many times I've been yelled at I've been told get your head out of your ass and pass the ball. But then there's also those other athletes that haven't gotten yelled at and you're like, and when they do get yelled at, and they're just like surprised, and it's just like, I need someone to yell at me because that's what I'm used to kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think and, that's a big part in like coaching as well with the mental side of the game. Like, I think you need to be exposed to different ways of coaching. Oh, 100%. I think you get ridden hard the whole time, then you don't understand the other aspect of it where someone can actually be caring. And as coaches, it's a very hard line to kind of trot over and over and over and stay on it. But it's one of those things where, you know, I have, I've had young kids where I don't have to, you don't have to push it all. And they in, they ask questions, they want it. And then, you know, and this varies obviously case to case, athlete to athlete. And, you know, and you have others that will be like, they'll be open, they'll ask questions and they'll talk about everything going on. I'll just say, hey, like, I've been feeling like I had, I had a student a while, long, a while ago come to me and say, look, I get emotional for, like, no reason. Like, and I said, okay, well, let's just sit and talk. Like, what's, what's up? And she goes, um, I feel like I'm worrying about something that's not there. I said, almost like there's a void and you're trying to fill it. And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, realize that. That's the first thing you have to realize that it's, it, it's not there. Like you, you, sometimes you, you make things up because you want to try and fill something with something else that doesn't have to be there. And I said, and it's perfectly natural. Don't get me wrong. I said, I've done it. Uh, tons of people I know have done it. Almost everyone has to some extent, but start picking apart your situations and don't overanalyze it, but say, Hey, I'm getting upset. Is everything okay? If everything's okay, then start checking off. Okay. What, what triggered that thought? What was I doing? How was I talking? Who was around me? You know, and you start have to, you have to start eliminating those little chains. You have to eliminate those little negative factors, whatever they might be. If it's someone you, you just can't be around because they make you aggravated, then don't be around them. I mean, mm -hmm. it's simple things. And, you know, to get back to what I was saying, you have those young kids that will talk. And then, um, and I will 100% give it up because it's so true that females mature faster than males. Um, oh my gosh, after starting to teach certain classes, it's so much easier. Um, <laughs> I get progressively more intricate questions from, from female athletes. Um, but then you have other athletes and sometimes it is that awkward stage at like 15 to 16 or 14 to 16. And they're like, I'm fine. Everything's okay. And you kind of look at them and go, I, I, I know you're maybe you might be like 70% okay okay I'll run with it today that's yeah. fine so like how like whenever you've had freshmen obviously every year you have a class come in 
what's your what's your kind of like opening remarks to them when it comes to having what some will see as like a pressured talk? Yeah, so with our freshmen, it's obviously it's been a lot different this year because we can't be together as a whole team. And them being freshmen coming into college is like, okay, well, this is a lot different. We're going to get through it together. If you need anything and we mean anything, let us know. Like, we will be here for you. Um, a lot of times it's just trying to prepare the freshmen as well as we can. Like, my sisters have prepared me. So any advice that we've learned, we're, like, telling them, like, hey, it helps if you do this. Here's all the rules that, like, the team rules that we have just so you have it on hand. You're going to have to set up the nets, but you're also going to have to do these freshman duties, but we will help you. We will be there taking you step by step until you get the hang of it. Um, I think it's really just getting that freshman, your freshman's trust to, and making sure they know that like, I'm one of three captains, like knowing that we're here for them and helping them through this, through anything. And they can come to us for anything and they shouldn't be afraid to tell us anything. Um, because in years past, there's been those times where, like, depending on who the upperclassmen are, it's they don't really, like, help the freshmen or they're just like, oh, you're freshman, I'm a senior, I'm never going to see you after this year. Like, why does it matter? Because since we're a fall sport. Um, so, yeah, it's just really, like, saying, like, hey, this is going to be a transition. It's going to be hard. You're going to get through it, though. And if you were struggling, let us know. Um and that's something we're really emphasizing this year, obviously, because we aren't seeing the freshmen every day and we're not traveling with them and we didn't have preseason with them. Yeah. Um, so they did get off to a different start than all of us did, obviously. Um, yeah. But now what would you, like, looking back, I know, I know I've been looking at different clubs and how they, they line things up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't see a lot, and I've noticed this even before our talk, even before like doing like a little bit of research and stuff, I've noticed there's not always a lot of resources when it comes to something like this on the club and the high school level. Or if there mm -hmm. is, it's not published on, I will say, mm -hmm. a more readily available way. So it's mm -hmm. not like on a tab or a link within, the, within certain pages. Mm -hmm. um, what would you have liked to seen at that club and high school level yeah after knowing what you know now yeah i mean obviously um i did have some awesome coaches that are college coaches now i mean ha have been college coaches and there have been some of my biggest mentors and are still some of my biggest mentors and check in on me and i check in on them um kind of like i feel like your senior year maybe like if clubs would have something like what to expect when you're in college and have like a panel of student athletes from around wherever the club is to come in and talk. Cause that's what we do at our camp for Elon is we always have a panel where girls can ask us any question. And a lot of times it's about transitioning and how you handle it and what your schedule's like, because no one really knows. And honestly, I wouldn't have known that much unless if I didn't have my sisters. Um, I, our coaches do break it down really well, but what I would say is also like the mental health. It, it's a big thing in college right now, talking about mental health, making sure your mental health is okay, especially right now. Um, maybe having like mental health workshops within clubs or like athletes or saying, having resources available, saying, hey, these are like resources that are around. And if you need help with anything, like contact the club, like 
kind of thing or ha even having like I don't want to say like each club needs like a sports psychologist but maybe even just having some like drop-in hours having them come like once every other week or something like that just yeah. if someone's there and can talk or have a sports psychologist come in and teach some like coping me mechanisms if you are feeling anxious or feeling depressed or something like that like how you handle that how to get help if you have a workshop like that I feel like that would help in so many ways because I mean in high school no one really talked about mental health and if you did you were kind of just like what's wrong with you you're weird um, but now I feel like it's different since I've been in high school I mean I'm out of high school four years now and it's like okay let's talk about it I'm down to talk about it don't be afraid to not talk about it and you realize how many people struggle with mental health and it's crazy it's like some of your best friends and it's eye-opening it's like okay let's talk let's have a mental health day let's do yoga put on some essential oils and do face masks or whatever you need to do to fix your mental health like we that's a big thing especially in my apartment it's like we make sure we plan out the time to take time for ourselves because we know if we don't like we're going to be stressed and we should not be stressed yeah and i think that's 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 an awesome way to do it too because i mean even and it's not like one of these things where, you know, you're all having this big powwow, the all doors are open, you're all running around screaming. It's just, you know, you're sitting just relaxing. And that's, that's the big thing. Like everyone's, everyone's relaxation is totally different. And, you know, it's not like, you know, I don't, you know, you have the, I don't like to do this A, B or C, but you know, I've got 95% that will, it's like, Hey, it's okay. Just try, you know, I'm mm -hmm. not asking you, to, I'm not asking you to do this every day. I'm asking you to kind of, put yourself in a situation you might not normally and, you know, kind of let's get out of that comfortable zone and see if that helps. If it doesn't help, fine. You know, we check that off your list and we can start finding other things. And I know now that stigma is, is all but gone with talking about pretty much talking about emotion. And I know within like the weight room with athletes I train, um, I will have, my current athletes tell the new athletes that come in, if you're not willing to handle yourself in here, he's going to break you of it. I had it happen last week and uh, you know, and I had, uh, you know, a couple, I've, I've had some come up to me and go, um, so how long do you think it's going to take? And I just go, I don't know. We'll see. I said, but everyone has their breaking point and we'll get to the, we'll get to the point where I'm going to treat you. I treat you like college athlete. I treat you like, you're 20, 25, and you're going to work like you're 20, you're 25, you're playing college, you're playing international, you know, with still the respect that you are 14, 15, 16, 17, and you're going to go do teenager stuff, and that's fine, it's all cool, but I want you to come in and respect yourself in a way that you're not going to understand until you jump into that abyss, and you can't come back from it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, especially, and that will prepare you for college too. I mean, college is this abyss that you have no idea what's going to happen and you got to jump into it and life figures itself out somehow, yes. some way. Like before coronavirus, I was like, when am I going to get an internship? How am I going to do this? I need to get my reel because volleyball is going to end soon and I need to get more like, everyone has like three internships already. I don't have any, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I was in the same boat too. At that point, um, yeah, which actually, that is actually what started my, my panic and my procrastination is actually what started my route into uh, coaching, 
which is really? funny enough. Yes. Um, my procrastination put me in an internship at Cal U and oh, then went from there to coaching with Peter and Barb, which led me to coaching club for the first year, which led me to pit, uh, pit elite, which led me to coaching high school, middle school, which led me down to Myrtle beach. And which was funny enough to realize you were playing at UNCW and yep. you know, I get to now travel and watch yep. and see play and grow and it's it's just totally cool i mean you know it was always fun i still remember the first night that i was there with all of you and the one person to step up and say something was um caroline main caroline oh. yeah because we you know um steve had introduced me who is yeah. uh if anyone listening was the strength coach still is there um we'll say i don't know what he's doing now with jen moving but um you know, he introduced me and everyone's kind of just went, uh, and she just stepped up. Hi, I'm Caroline. Nice to meet you. And, uh, and the team cracked up and they're like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just being nice. That's so yeah. Caroline. I mean, our whole team was like us then and us now, like we're totally like goofballs. Like we all still talk to each other. Um, and it's just awesome because like all of us have the attitude now, like, meeting tons of people and going like <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all to say the least and that was that was always another thing i always loved dealing with the older teams because of how you all acted mm -hmm. and it was it was the intensity it was i wasn't mentally coaching at that level yet but i wanted to throw myself into it and so you know i was yeah. coaching the six but I was like, I want to deal with the top 18s and 17s. I don't even care if it's not my practice. I'll go, I'll go ask Danny, hey, Danny, can I jump in with you guys? Yeah, sure, block. I'm like, all right, cool, I'll block. You know, and we do stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. that, that into that anxiety. Like, you know, I think the more and more you jump outside of that comfort zone, that anxiety gets a lot more controllable. Now, mind you, you're going to spike instantaneously the moment you do something you're scared of. But... I think once you get over that leap, once you take the leap the first time, the pain becomes less and less and less and less. And I think that's the hardest thing is to take the first leap. Oh, 100%. And even, even going into college sports and you're in your freshman year and you're used to being a leader and you're used to being like a team captain or one of like the hot, getting the most kills, like getting the most points in a game. And then you go to being a freshman again and you're like, kind of get a culture shock because you want to like lead your team and then the seniors look at you and they're like who do you think you are and I'm, and you're just like this is who I am hi <laughs> like it, it's intimidating it's intimidating to like you because you want to just like be there and like not hurt anyone but then it's like okay like are you actually being yourself though like step out of your comfort zone I don't care if you're like I don't care if a freshman comes in this year and is like having good energy and leading the team like you do you do that i'm not gonna look down on you i'm gonna be like come here we're gonna do it together yeah and it's it's that's a great point that you're gonna be so nervous about something you're gonna be nervous about like your first job interview like your first recruiting visit it's trusting that you know what you are doing and at being comfortable with asking questions and just going into it then you're going to be way more comfortable with whatever you do. And that's like for anything in life. Yeah. 
And I know this is going to sound really funny, but I remember as a kid, I would not, yeah, as a teenager, I would not want to call someone on the phone and then have to deal with a lot of those things. Like, hi, say my name. Hey, I'm, I'm calling for this, this, and this. Now I'm just like, what's the numbers? Let me handle it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and wait or I'll drive oh, over. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things, like everyone has what they might consider and what could be a silly anxiety that holds them back regardless if it's athletics or life it's you know it's something that you know if you just jump in and do it and you put yourself to the point like was it um it was Les Brown you get to the I'm hopefully not quoting the wrong person but you get to the point where you throw yourself into a um a sink or swim and you have no choice you have no out and I think that when you start putting yourselves into those positions now, I'm not saying that, like, the dis all the disorders are going to go away, the anxiety is going to go away, the depression is going to go away, but you might find that outlet. Like, you might find that, that door that you've been waiting to open for so long. And I know with, you know, I've dealt with athletes that have had eating disorders. To me, that was the scariest thing because you can physically, you physically see it. And no one wants to admit it, but I think the biggest thing is, is that, especially with female athletes, and I know male athletes that will never want to talk about it solely for the fact that you don't hear about a lot of male athletes that deal with it, I don't think. But with the female athletes, and I've told, I've told my female athletes, the sooner you all realize that you're fighting the same fight and you're dealing with the same issues day in and day out is the sooner you're going to become a team, the sooner you're going to start liking each other, and the sooner you're going to make friends for the rest of your life. I said, if you all can put your silly differences aside, everything changes. Your season could be immaculate. You might not win a single set, but your season could be completely immaculate. And you could have the best season ever. You could have the best friendship ever, the best relationship ever. You could have the best school year ever if you kind of just look and try and make the person next to you better. 100%. And I think a lot of times, like, I mean, all girls or boys have different experiences and like club and stuff. And so some are used to different things and some aren't used to the other things and you're all taught differently. But it's recognizing that like, you are all in this together. Everything's going to happen the same way. Like, our bodies are going to change, you're gonna make mistakes off the court, you're gonna make mistakes on the court, you're gonna make mistakes everywhere in your life and it's just like okay what do you learn from it how do you take that into the next step of your life kind of thing so and i know like one of the last things i wanted to cover was um kind of on the nutrition side with like the body image like you were talking about like when you started lifting and your body it changes and it's not about you're not getting fat you're not getting out of shape you're you're experiencing a change and that's no no human being likes change but you're experiencing a change and I've had girls that go, I don't want to get, you know, big thighs. And I look at you and I'm like, okay, well, okay, well, let's, let's stop that right now. First thing is, you know, you're not going to be fat. You're not going to, like, what you think is going to, your perception is not real. And, and it, it's hard to say that because I don't want to, you don't want to make someone feel like they're crazy in yeah. any way, any shape of the word. But it's, you're going to get to a point where I have told younger females quit talking about I want to lose x amount of pounds talk about do I feel good today 
do my clothes fit a certain way? If your clothes don't fit a certain way and, you know, it's a, it's a realistic goal, you know, that being, you know, I, I want to fit in a double zero, but that's not physically possible. Okay. I mean, you know, even, even then that, that's a whole talk in itself on, you know, clothing manufacturers and how the sizes are going up and changing and all of that. And what was about an eight, things like that. And it's about, do I, do I feel good in my body today? And do I have the confidence in it's, I've had, and I've had like just general population people I've trained and they're like, you know, I've only dropped 10 pounds. And I said, okay, how are your clothes fitting? And they're like, well, I'm, it's like, you know, I'm fitting in this, you know, shorts or pants or shirts that I haven't fit into in like a couple of years. And I said, that's what matters. I don't care if you end up, if you are 200 and you want to get down to 140, but you're feeling really good at 170 and everything fits. If everything fits, that's what you need to focus on. Yeah. I mean, also like, like I said, when you get to college and especially if you're a girl, like things aren't going to fit and that's okay too, because I have traps that are ridiculously big. I got big shoulders. I got big thighs and my jeans don't fit. None of my shirts or blazers fit and I have to get a whole new wardrobe and that's okay because that's how your body has to be for that four years for your sport and your training as an athlete. And if you wanted to be a little skinny, non-athlete, then don't be an athlete. Like, and a lot of girls struggle with this because especially on my campus, Girls are very little, very skinny, and I mean, a majority, we have big Greek life at Elon, and so a lot of it is shorty girls, and you walk around, and you're like, your leg is as big as my arm, and you're like, but then I look back at pictures of me in high school, and I was that big, like, Mm -hmm. I was literally just my bones, and it's just like a lot of girls especially but also boys too will see it and be like why don't I look like that I'm eating healthy I'm working out every day why don't I look like that it's like no you're training your body for something else they're not doing what you're doing they might be drinking alcohol every night eating like crap and they're just that skinny but that's because they're not an athlete they're not training the way you're training and that's totally okay and you learn to love your big thighs you learn to love your shoulders and you figure it out and you learn that you're beautiful and you're strong and you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask you just uh, two more things. Yep. One is what is the best advice you have ever gotten? And two, um, what advice would you give to those athletes that, you know, feel like they can't talk to anybody and um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. I don't want to make it too Best detailed. advice I've ever gotten? Live in the moment because I'm always thinking of what if this happens? What if that happens? What do I have to do next? And sometimes you forget to live in the moment. Like, it's just like, um, what's it called? Oh, man, I have a whole book on it. I think it's in my roommate's room. Um, it just being in the moment, live in the moment. Don't worry about social media and all that different stuff. Like, I used to be like how do I look on social media do I look great in every picture but blah, blah, blah. it's like no do I look happy am I doing everything if you would look at my social media can someone tell who I am based on my social media and is it actually me is it not like a fake me yeah. that I want people to think that's a whole nother topic but so those two things live in the moment don't waste your life away on social media it's literally virtual reality 
Okay, and now advice I would give to someone who doesn't have someone to talk to, like or doesn't know how to handle it, or what? I said, or doesn't know how to handle it. Doesn't know how to handle it. Okay, so my advice would be first of all to write it down. Write down your feelings, how you're feeling. After that, you literally you can read through what you just wrote and say, okay does this make sense? Is this something that's actually going to happen? Or is this something that actually did happen? Or am I just making it up in my head? If you don't know how to handle it, I always say, like, I tell my teammates, if you're freaking out for no reason, just take a moment and breathe. I usually do 10 and you focus. This is something one of my old counselors taught me. You focus on your breath and nothing else. Just like how your lungs are inflating and deflating and inflating and deflating for 10 reps. And usually by then you have calmed yourself down and you feel okay. But if not, it's writing it down and it's finding someone that you can trust and you can talk to, whether it's parents, a sibling, best friend, a coach, a teacher, just someone you look up to, you're a family friend and just confiding in them being like, Hey, I have something serious I need you to talk about. And I don't know if you can help me, but like, I need you to listen. And just by talking about it with someone, it makes you feel better. And writing it down, it makes you feel better because it helps you put your thoughts in a row and helps you say, okay, is this actually going to happen? Is this actually something that did happen? Why am I worrying about this now? So it's kind of like, why is it going to happen? Is it going to matter in 20 years? Okay, so why are you worrying about it now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you so much. Of course. Set this up for a while. Um, yeah. I know you everything. Um, hopefully in the spring, uh, you guys have a, 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 a decent schedule. I know with yeah. a lot of the ones around here, um, the Sun Belt's going on and they have like three matches for three to four matches for each opponent. Yeah. So, That's um, what we were going to do. We were going to have us, Charleston, UNCW, and JMU. We were going to play everyone four times. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, when but... Charleston, we'll figure out. I'll come down. Yeah. Uh, you uh, have to. I'll, I'll bring some of my athletes to show Amazing. them what, what, what I try and model after. So, oh, uh, <laughs> so, but have a good day. Um, you too. And, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank and you. I will catch up with you later. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, bye. Bye.